White Sox Weekly rolling on. Mark Harmon and Harry Tynowitz with you. Hope you're having a great Sunday. It's always a great day when you get to talk to the White Sox hitting coach, Todd Steverson, who was with us. Coach, you, you, you lost a couple guys this week in uh, Avi Garcia and, and Matt Davidson, at least for now, uh, you know, not being brought back by the club. Of course, that could change down the line. But uh, let's start there, and, and what will you miss about, uh, I guess, let's start with Avi. What will you miss about Avi the most? So Avi was there, obviously, since uh, I first started it with, with the Sox. And uh, uh, that was five years of, of a lot of work and, and watching him mature. And uh, he's a great kid. He's got a lot of upside. And, uh, you know, really the relationship with, with Avi and I are pretty good. And, uh, you know, sad to see he played a lot of last year with, with some injuries and things like that. But uh, overall, you know, you got to wish him well. And, you know, if we end up getting him back, that's great. And Matt Davidson started last year with a bang, then another bang, then another bang. When you think of uh, the uh, big slugger, what are you going to think of? Well, Matty, uh, he, he came up. He came over in the in the Arizona Diamondbacks trade, uh, highly touted trade, and uh, you know he, he struggled through the through the minor leagues a little bit. Did finally put it together and came to the big leagues. Sadly enough, his first time up, he got hurt. Uh, then he was able to go out and he, he dropped 26 homers uh, a year ago. And I know he only hit 20 this year. Uh, didn't didn't match that. But uh, overall, you know, Maddie Maddie had had it as a DH at his at his age. He did he did well in that spot. Uh, he also had a chance to mature as a big league hitter. Uh, it ain't easy learning on the job in the big leagues. And uh, you know, really. For him to still put out some of the tool, some of his tools on a daily basis was good for him. Coach, what have you been doing this off season? Let's get we we jumped right into players. I want to get a quick update from uh, how you're spending your time. I know you watch a ton of football. I know you're a huge Mitchell Trubisky fan. <laughs> you know, you know what? Uh, I live in Phoenix, so they just got done overseeding all the golf courses. I'm not any good at golf, but that is something to do. So. Uh, I've gone out and played a couple rounds of golf. Uh, I've been paying attention to obviously what's going on in Major League Baseball, our business. I have been watching a ton of football because that is that is another passion of mine. And as for Mitchell Trubisky, you know, if he, he might need to come over to the Stock Stadium and and we could do some sliding drills with him or something, maybe <laughs> save his shoulder. That's that. That's a great. Uh opportunity suggestion right there coach i think mitchell should perhaps take you up on that so, so you've sort of been sentenced to watching the arizona cardinals uh their rookie uh josh rosen looks pretty good what do you do you think he's got a future in the league i'll be honest uh my my number one quarterback coming out of that whole class that year was was baker mayfield uh I think he has a high upside i know everybody talked about his height and things like that but that guy's a competitor and there's, there's something to be said. You can't quantify that with, with numbers and things like that to go out and compete. He does it well. Now, Hugh Jackson, of course, was the Browns coach who got fired, and Baker Mayfield said a couple things, you know, about uh, how the Browns are so much better off without the head coach. Do you have a problem with the player who would say something like that uh, to the media? I don't know their situation over there or their interactions, you know, behind – behind closed doors and things like that. So, uh, you know, I, I, I will reserve to, to not really comment on that. But 
you would you would assume that that every team needs some leadership, and typically, if it comes it comes from the top top down to the bottom, you know, uh, front office coaches, then players, players got to play, and and uh, in, in NFL, you know, the coaches make they make the the game plan weekly, week in and week out. Now, if the players don't like it, you know, that's on them. But uh, you know, at the end of the day, they still got to go out and play also. Who's the who's the most Baker like in that White Sox clubhouse right now, Trick? What would you say? <laughs> uh, let me see here. Uh, you know, Nicky Delmonico. He he he's a huge he's a football fan also. Uh, he's a competitor. I, I think uh, Timmy Timmy's a, Timmy's a good good competitor. Obviously, Engel obviously Engel is the ex football player himself, so he comes out with that type of attitude every day also. Uh, at the end of the day, I want all twelve of my hitters to have that that competitive level. Uh, there's there's nothing better than having twelve guys go out there and say, "Let's put it on the table every day," and and let the cards lay where they lay. Let's start with Timmy from who you just named. Next level for Timmy next year. What do you think you'll be working out with him come spring training? How hard can he go in 2019? You know, like I said, I hate to put like feelings on guys or, or specifics on guys like that but in my opinion Timmy is a is a much better hitter than than uh everyone has probably seen uh when he first came up he hit 280 uh the the, the game actually adjusts itself to you and it's up to you to adjust to the game as well and I think the last couple of years and him learning what baseball is all about and obviously as you saw defensively how he, he made the leaps and bounds defensively when he put his mind to it. I think the same the same flip flop factor can can happen on the offensive side in terms of a uh, consistency from him. He's a good hitter. He's a really good hitter. And I, I think once once it comes together completely for him and I think next year could be a good good time for it, uh, I think all the White Sox fans will be really happy about that. When you're working with a guy like Johan Moncada, who is this, you know, incredibly heralded rookie, and he's going to be the face of the White Sox, and he's the future of the White Sox, do you feel any, I know you've been doing this forever, but do you feel any extra added pressure when you work with a guy like that? I wouldn't say there's any added pressure. I think the if, if you're confident in your message that you're giving to the players, then there's no pressure there. Um Yo-Yo is a very, very talented player, absolutely. And his rookie year, I mean, a lot of people can make uh, assessments one way or another, but overall, I think if if if, if you were to say on, on day one of the season, if your rookie second baseman at 23 years old was going to score over 70 runs, hit 17 homers, have over 60 ribbies and double-digit stolen bases, I'm not sure that anybody wouldn't have taken that, you know. So uh, the the message of, of getting better, of competing every day and understanding the game is huge. And I, I think he's he's uh, he's had his first full season and a little half a season the year before that. And, and at the end of it, I think he's, he's also mature from that as well. Take a quick time out. We're going to come back with Todd Steverson. I want to ask a question to start with Yon Moncada and what that looks like next season. This is White Sox Weekly on 720 WGN.
White Sox Weekly rolling on. Todd Steverson, the White Sox hitting coach with us. Coach, you mentioned uh, Yohan Moncada as we were going to break there. How do you get him from, uh, I don't know, looking at pitches that are just off the plate or just on the plate, taking strike three? A lot of those strikeouts this past year were looking. What, 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 what will you try to, how do you move that forward so that doesn't happen as frequently in 2019? Uh, you don't want to pigeonhole him into saying swing at that pitch. I think uh, he has a phenomenal eye. And when you have an eye like that, you can take a pitch that's an inch and a half, two inches off the plate, albeit you're not in control of if it gets called a strike or not. And you were right. It is a ball. ball. But at the end of the day, it's up to the guy with guy in blue behind the plate. Uh, I think the part of, of the hitting side that's going to get better on that is understanding when I need to foul that ball off, uh, understanding this guy's been calling that pitch. We also have a, a, a data that says, you know, hey, umpires may, may like to expand on that side a little bit. So before the game, it's like, hey, he's probably going to call that pitch. Don't let him, make, don't let him do it to you, you know. Uh, don't leave your bat to, in his hands. Let's, let's take control of our bat. Uh, at the end of the day, we were probably, you know, you, in baseball, you're still going to get to two strikes, almost 40, about 45, uh, 46% of the, of your at-bats. So you, you're going to have to deal with that. But really, if you don't, you don't get to two strikes, that's your best chance. Todd, last year, uh, you know, guys once in their life want to make a catch like Adam Engel made three of in one week. So I think if you poll the pitchers on the Sox, who do you want in center field out there for you? They'd say Adam Engel. Where is he? He's great as a fielder. Where is he at as a hitter? Adam, I thought, you know, he, he also made some strides. Uh, obviously, his first year that he came up, he was still trying to find himself. He went through uh, quite a few different mechanical changes. Uh, from the minor leagues to the big leagues, uh, also trying to compete on a daily basis. And uh, took the off season, and we put some things together, and really it becomes a feel thing. And uh, I think somewhere toward the middle of the season, he had a good idea of, of exactly how he wanted to go about his at-bats. Uh, you know, it's the, the, the feel of hitting is – is is a phenomenon that's kind of hard to understand from the average person. So uh, I think the maturation of him as well from last year and understanding how he made his outs, how pitchers pitched him, and he can go into the offseason this year and do a better job of understanding his approach to to the game instead of working so much physically and mechanically. It's not a perfect uh, comparison here in Todd Steverson, the White Sox hitting coach with us here on 720 WGN. But when you look at Moncada, a lot of his strikeouts are balls that are just on or just off the plate and, and, and looking. And then Adam Angle's more of a guy who's chasing up high, out of the zone, and and just even just take the two players out of it. How much harder, is it easier to teach a guy who's, you know, swinging at balls over his head to dial it back or somebody like Moncada who needs to be more aggressive or could be more aggressive that that is the happy medium that that is the age-old question uh do you do you tame a bull 
or do you do you allow the bull to be who he is? Uh, do you try to rev rev somebody that's kind of you would say passive or mundane about things uh, to be more aggressive? Well, it's, it's always easier to to uh, turn it up, in my opinion. A lot of people say it's harder to turn it down when you already are at a certain level. And say, and I say, hey, back it down, slow it down. Uh, that's a lot harder for that type of person. But for someone that is a tick more passive, uh, it's easier to say, hey, let's jump on this. And they say, all right, they can make that decision a lot easier. You were talking about all the golf courses uh, by your house in Arizona there. I've had Jim Furyk on a couple times. Wonderful man, great golfer. He said that once he got away from all the coaches that tried to fix his swing, he became the best golfer he could possibly be. So that's got to be tough, but it's smart to to realize when, hey, this guy is going to be this guy, and that's how he's going to succeed, right? You you don't fix swings. Your, your, your swing is your swing. Uh, if you go back and you take uh, maybe your, if you play high school baseball and you look at your swing in high school and you go out there today and swing, it'll look eerily the same. Uh, unless you do a complete makeover of, of, of trying to manipulate the barrel to do something one or the other, pretty much everybody's swing stays its swing. And so I understand where Jim's coming from. That's that swing was in, ingrained in him. He just needed to learn how to fun- make it function for himself and, and, be, and be successful with it. That is, uh, I'm just, you got me in a whole mindset of thinking about my freshman V baseball year coach when I hit two, <laughs> 286, but I came out of the gates hot and then I tailed off. We could talk about that another time. Uh, have you, well, you probably, t- you probably tailed off because you started swinging at bad pitches and when you were probably hitting, you were swinging at real good pitches. I, I was trying to prove something early in the season. I was like, Ooh, what am I doing out here? Then I got nervous and then it, then, then it went away. He was, he was the same way in the bars with the ladies yeah, that's, coach. That's unfortunate. Oh, there. Is. Yeah, and, and kind of true, actually. Thanks, Harry, for for that. Uh, all right, hey, uh, have you uh, what, what, what you found this off season stuff here, Coach? Are we getting Bryce Harper? Are we getting Manny Machado? What do you know? Uh, that is not of my <laughs> of, of my confidentiality or 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 security breach. <laughs> <laughs> I have I have I have not not an idea about that. I'm, I'm sure uh, Rick and Kenny and Jerry are doing their due diligence at any level to make our team better right now. And uh, I got all the confidence in the world in them. Well, you're probably going to be working with Eloy this year. So what what strategy will you be employing with him come spring training? Well, Eloy obviously is going to come with a, a ton of fanfare and, and, a, and a lot of uh, uh, upside from uh, – I mean, I'm not sure. It was the same thing that when Moncada came up. You know, everybody's been waiting for this guy to hit the uh, hit the pavement. And uh, at the end of the day, I want Eloy to be Eloy. I, I'm not gonna. You don't want to change him into being this or that. You have to let that man play and, and see how and see how it uh, pans out there for a while. Uh, obviously, he comes with a huge skill set. And the major leagues is the major leagues. You must go out there on a daily basis and, and have the concentration level to to compete. And I know he's got that. I've talked to him in spring training. Me not being able to see him live on a on a everyday 
faces at this point, it'll also be a, a learning experience for me to who who is Eloy. Uh, I've I've obviously watched a lot of video, and like I said, we've had conversations. But to have him under your wing is is a little different, and I think it'll be a great, enjoyable time for us. Todd, before we let you go, and we appreciate you spending some time with us on uh, this Sunday afternoon. Uh, you know, I know that you're, as the hitting coach, you love all your children equally. But which, if you had to pick one, which guy do you think is sitting on the precipice of a breakout season? Oh, I, I mean, I want to say it all of them. Uh, you're right. I, I, I do love my hitters. Uh I'm not going to pinpoint one because that would be doing an injustice to the other guys. Uh, I want to say that if everybody plays their potential, there is no stopping this offense or this team. Uh, I'm not sure if everybody realizes the true upside of not only the prospects that we have coming, but the guys that we do have here. When they when they get it and they put it all together, it is going to be something to see. So what you're saying is Daniel Pollock is going to hit 40 bombs this year? <laughs> you know, Pollock, <laughs> he square up some balls. He, he, he could hit 40. But I think Daniel overall is a better hitter. Uh, and he self-admittedly himself uh, that that he wants to be next year. I mean, everybody knows he can hit the ball out of the atmosphere. Uh, but you don't want to be a sideshow like that. Every now and then you just need a ground ball to the second baseman to score a run. And that's still got to be in, in, in your tool belt. Fair enough. Coach, great to talk to you always. You want you got a Super Bowl pick in case we don't speak to you before February? You know, uh, I had a long argument with some, with some colleagues of mine about who the best quarterback in, in NFL was and, and, and Aaron Rodgers versus Tom Brady. And I will give Aaron Rodgers his just due. But he just doesn't have the rings that Tom Brady has. It's hard to put it past Tom. But I would, I could have said Kansas City, but I'm a Charger fan, so I don't want them beating us at all. So I'm gonna stick with my Chargers. Okay, well that that's my favorite quarterback in the league. He's so underappreciated. The year LT was hurt for the playoffs, he won at Indy. He almost won at New England. Uh, how right. about Philip Rivers? I Man, he doesn't miss a game, and he keeps having four thousand yard seasons. Every time he is under underappreciated uh, because he doesn't always throw deep and things like that. He does do a lot of dump off passes. He got no mobility. He, his athleticism is probably uh, two ticks down from the average quarterback in the NFL. But he knows how to get it done. Dodd Staverson, Chicago White Sox hitting coach and future head coach in the NFL as well. We appre- <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate the time, coach. Uh, not a problem. I enjoyed it. All right. Thanks, Todd. You got it. This is 720 WGN.